It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussin' and a discussin' with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Better late than never. Here we go, off and running on this 7th day of February, 2024. This is the Horn. Head-on.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. Yes, this really is the 7th day of February, 2024. This program is live. It's just an hour late. Hi, I'm Robin. And I don't even know if there's anybody in the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza chat room, but uh, you can be if you'd like to pop on by. And uh, be part of the conversation. No, it's just me and Squeaky right now. So if you want to come by, come by. You just go to head on dot live and click on chat room and pick out a screen name and a password and away you go. I put out a note earlier saying there just wouldn't be a show. I hate it every time I do that. Because I don't like being gone from the mic. Uh, and there's so much stuff. I mean, the, the news cycle now, there, there's there's not a slow news day out there. You know, we kind of proved it around the Christmas season. Christmas, August, those are usually the times when there's nothing happening, and now there always something is. I don't think that made syntactical sense. There always something is. Some, there's always something. Something is always going on. And anything but what you said, Roxanne. Uh, anyway... God, um, I did want to be live for at least a little bit. I have to be up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I know a lot of you are as in the regular day, day-to-day course of your lives. Ah, you know, I was born in the late afternoon, and I don't think I've ever gotten off of that schedule. I'm not a morning person, but tomorrow I will be because I'm going to Charleston to try to deliver a little bit of hellfire and damnation about this latest Women's Bill of Rights public comment. I want them to hear I want them to hear my comment in public. And I've been I've actually been drafting on it for a couple of days now. Trying to decide whether to go logical and methodical or just call the motherfuckers out. Uh, your 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 thoughts are entirely welcome in that regard. Every program, even programs where, well, 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 says Emilio, look who's only an hour late. 
P.S. I wish I could quit you. Oh, you had me at well, 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 Emilio. Yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to go out and do things for my kids. I've gone from amateur Uber driver to amateur DoorDasher too, apparently. But you'll have that. <sighs> um, at any rate, I'm going to be. I should be home no later than like two tomorrow afternoon. Probably grab a bite of lunch in Charleston, and then head on back up the mountain. I should be here in time, and then I'll get in at two, fall asleep for a couple of hours, and hopefully be all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when I wake up in time for air. Did I do the Hi, I'm Robin part? Because I am. Anyway, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So we have thank yous to send out to our seventh day of the month subscribers via PayPal and U.S. Postal Service. Thank you, Brandon and Fennell. And thanks as well. Uh, to James, thank you, James, so much for being a subscriber on the 7th. You are our lone subscriber. Ralphs still has a challenge on the table, and, uh, and uh, that's $25 worth. If anybody would like to ma throw in 25 Ralphs will happily double it. And we will get down from uh, $550, which is the fundraising goal. Um, hey, there's Theo in the chat room. Hey, Theo. Hey, Squeaky. Anyway, fundraising goal is 550 bucks, and we'll hopefully knock some of that down. Uh, an opening note from Matt in San Francisco, subject line, Alejandro Mayorkas. You know, says Matt, after the failure of the impeachment vote, I just thought, here's a guy, Alejandro Mayorkas, with an only in America success backstory. He's nominated and confirmed into this secretary level position and is basically doing the best he can with the cards he's dealt. But no, because he's some right wing fever dream described by the almighty orange one. There are people streaming across the border like fire ants at a church picnic. We gotta do something. I know, I know. Let's impeach the guy in charge with the funny name. What is he, Greek or something? Well, that ain't American anyhow. Let's impeach him. But darn them crafty Democrats. They had a sleeper vote hiding, and they brought him out at the last minute. Which right there shows you the IQ of Ms. Space Laser. She thinks counting votes is a crafty little game. Doesn't dawn on her that they can't fucking count. I mean, this goes back to the last, uh, well, the great... Uh, the the uh, great mutiny in which they got rid of the man of silly pup putty, uh, Craven McCarthy, and replaced him with Moses. Moses, Moses, Moses. And Nancy Pelosi remarked, "Huh, I think they're learning how to count now." Anyway, says Matt, "We're damn lucky this Mayorkas doesn't just get uh, get to work one day and say, you know." You know what? Fuck this. I didn't sign up for death threats and impeachment votes. Y'all can find someone else. I ain't going to do this thankless job. But yet he keeps showing up, just 
doing his job. Hater's going to hate, hate, hate. Shake it off. Shake it off. Yes. I know that reference. Matt concludes saying, I think we should give the guy a raise. (sighs) Hazard pay at the very least, right, Matt? Right. And so... uh, that's that's kind of a starting point. Of course, the the border bill that the maggots said they so desperately wanted came up in the Senate today, where the same maggots who said they desperately wanted a border bill promptly rejected it by a 51 to 49 vote. They needed 60 because filibuster. I'm not going to say anything about the filibuster. Sometimes it helps. Well, it crowns and it crucifies. Would have been nice to have it. Well, but then again, there were a couple of Democrats who voted against it because it really... Okay. You remember way back when we were talking about some sort of health care access for every American? And we wound up with the Affordable Care Act tagged by the right wing as Obamacare and you remember how it was basically the same plan that had been put forward by the intensely Republican Heritage Foundation it was basically a Republican bill and the Republicans threw a damned hissy fit over it and sued and sued and sued and sued over it this is kind of like that This so-called border bill was brutal. It was hateful. It was xenophobic, merciless. It was every sadistic dream that every xenophobic, every maggot could ever want. I mean, you don't even have to put the xenophobic, it's it's read in, okay? But Nitwit Nero wants there to be a border crisis because it is entirely manufactured, and he wants to blame he wants to blame Joe Biden for it. But what he didn't understand is that as of today, it's a Republican problem because they had a chance; they could have given the sixty votes, they could have debated it, but. They blew it up on the orders of their orange Julius Geezer, their mustard-colored god-emperor. And it wasn't lost on uh, my filthy morning habit either. Oh, they're getting close. They're getting so close. Uh, One of these days, Trosca's just going to haul out a paper bag and show it's empty opening to the camera and say, behold of my behold my bag of fucks, for I have none left to give. And then Miko will call Donald Trump a motherfucker. And Matt will get his toaster. Anyway, no. The gloves appear to be off uh, over there with the MSNBC Morning Zoo crew. This week, we will vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for his willful and systemic refusal to enforce our immigration laws. These articles are the product of a deliberate 
thoughtful and fair investigation. There is no greater impeachable offense than for an officer of the United States to violate their oath. You have a short time coming. You can honorably resign or we are going to impeach you. And it's happening very, very soon. On this vote, the yeas are 214 and the nays are 216. The resolution is not adopted. Oh my God, the music. You know, um, yeah. I gotta say, the season yeah. of Curb took an unexpected turn it last night. Did. And uh, Willie, one of the, yeah, one of the more surprising but really good introductions to the season. I mean, who, who knew Mike Johnson would star as a hapless Speaker of the House who couldn't even get an impeachment through? Yeah, all we're missing is the slow push in on his face. I mean, that was truly, and we're going to go through it. We've got four hours, luckily, today to go. One of the most humiliating days in the history of the House of Representatives, I think it's fair to say. They couldn't pass yeah. their own impeachment of Mayorkas. They couldn't get through an Israel bill. They did find time to pass a resolution, though, good news, that says Donald Trump did not commit an insurrection. Uh, around January 6th. Want to make sure they protect him on that. They're getting ready to have a vote today, a procedural vote that will turn away the Senate immigration bill that they've been asking for for two. Now, that, that one part was interesting because they did. They passed a bill that said, Donald Trump, our Lord and Savior, is not an insurrectionist. There's only one problem. Not only they can't count, they can't read. Because in or, according to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which now apparently they think they understand, in order to lift the disability of insurrection from an insurrectionist former officer of the government, the maggots seem to be admitting that he was an officer of the government, even though he claims he isn't, It'll be interesting to see this quoted in maybe the Supreme Court in a couple of weeks. Yeah, they, they, they passed a resolution saying Donald Trump isn't an insurrectionist, but they didn't get two-thirds of the House, which is, re which is required in order to lift any potential disability. It will go to the Senate now, where it also will not get a two-thirds vote. And they're still going to have to live with the consequences of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But I digress. Two generations. The list goes on and on and on. Israel, Ukraine have no funding. The crisis at the border has not been fixed. So even in their efforts to scramble to protect Donald Trump, House Republicans yep. are failing. So, yeah. you, know, I ha you know, I like to watch cable news. Yes, I do. And yeah. so you were busy Zooming or whatever. And I had to rewind an entire hour because I thought, what just happened? And yeah. all these things I walked went into the room and I said, <laughs> can you believe they lost on the Israel funding I had it on and impeachment? Noise. Yeah. And she goes, really? That's I had to rewind. Room. It was incredible. And, of course, uh, this on top of the big news yesterday uh, about Donald Trump well, well, not but, being immune. Yeah, that is big news. <laughs> I do want to say, though, a, there's a really good point brought up at the end of Way Too Early, Willie, that, again, I just, I don't think 
all Republicans in the House understand how dangerous, what a dangerous game they're playing with Vladimir Putin. Mm. He invaded Georgia in 2008. We did nothing. He invaded Ukraine in 2014. We did nothing. He's invaded Ukraine again. We fought. We pushed back along with the West and, of course, with the, the, the brave Ukrainian soldiers. And Meanwhile, the Chechens are sitting there going, what are we, chopped liver? And, and citizens that have given so much, and they don't understand. I mean, after if, if the West buckles on Ukraine, and, well, of course, if Donald Trump's elected, um, then that's, that's the end of NATO. That's the end of, of any deterrence with Vladimir Putin. He'll sweep, he'll sweep across Eastern Europe. He'll go through the Balkan states. So, I mean, he'll do all of these things. And you see in sharp relief a Republican Party that is now doing Vladimir Putin's bidding. Donald Trump always did. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but the Republican Party now in the House is doing Vladimir Putin's bidding. And somebody that we know, uh, that we used to know, uh, going over, doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, uh, attacking Western journalists, saying if only Western journalists would have come over here and tried to even report fairly on the war. Well, mm. there have been Western journalists mm. that have gone over and tried to report fairly on the war. And they're in jail. They're in gulags right now. Uh, with the person, because Vladimir Putin doesn't want really Western journalists um, going over and asking honest questions, fair questions. He'll he'll let puppets talk to him, but nobody else. Yeah, he'll let a certain kind of journalist in for an interview, but not the ones who ask the questions. And I assure you, NBC and every other news organization in the Western world has a request in for an interview with Vladimir Putin. Uh, so it's not for a lack of trying, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it was striking again yesterday to see Republicans across the board, and maybe some of them are doing Vladimir Putin's bidding, but really they're doing Donald Trump's bidding, which is Vladimir Putin's bidding, which is... They put themselves in a place when your North Star is what Donald Trump wants, and he is the voice that controls everything. You put yourself in the position we saw them yesterday, failing again and again and again, and putting in jeopardy aid to Ukraine, aid to Israel even, and doing nothing about the crisis at the border, which they've been talking about rightly for a long time. Chaos on Capitol Hill late into the evening yesterday. The Republican-led House failed in its attempt to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, falling one vote short. Republicans Ken Buck of Colorado, Tom McClintock of California, and Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin voted against the measure. Republican Conference Vice Chair Blake Moore then flipped his vote to no seconds before the vote closed, so the party can bring the articles of impeachment back to the floor at a later date. Democratic Congressman Al Green had missed votes on the issue earlier in the day because he was in the hospital recovering from abdominal surgery, but he was able to show up at the last minute for the final vote. Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene suggested that that was a sneaky move. They hid one of their members uh, waiting to the last minute, uh, watching to see our votes, um, trying to throw us off on the numbers that we had versus the numbers they had. So, yeah, that was a strategy at play tonight. 
Oh, got it, got it. A spokesperson. I don't even for, know what to say about that. Nuts. He it's, voted. He came. You're supposed the to job. vote. There's nothing sneaky it's about. Job. Got a voting card. I'm here. Yeah. Vote. A spokesperson for Speaker Mike Johnson says Republicans will bring the articles of impeachment back to the floor when the House has enough votes to pass it. So this is what they're doing with their time. No. Let's bring in. So this is what they're doing with their time. Sleepy Pennsylvania town. Groundhog Day, y'all. Wait, that was five days ago. But I have a feeling there. This look. This this somewhat resembles the frenzy to impeach Bill Clinton, the great cleanest hunt, and 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 how they were told the 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 Republicans were told repeatedly, you know, it's going to blow up in your face, and the right wing majority said, kill. Put Tannerite in my face. And she really did that. You know, she, she's the face of the Republican caucus. You remember how, remember how all over the, all over uh, maggot land, they ran against Nancy Pelosi? Guess what the Democrats get to do this year? Mm-hmm. Run against Sporkfoot. And then, uh, there was, uh, there was more, there was more spork putt. This was good, too. She's decided she's figured out why her derpy little impeachment stunt failed uh, she went on huh, she went on the program of the man with the largest head with nothing in it on planet earth I'm talking of course about Charlie Kirk who somehow still hasn't aged out of Turning Point USA which is supposed to be a youth maggot organization but yeah, Marge gets around, and 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 she was there because she developed a theory, you know, the sneaky Al Green, sneakily getting abdominal surgery and sneakily coming back for the vote. Yeah, that. But then, well, there's one other part. Are you still in? And just yeah. Marjorie, do you think these people are being blackmailed by the intel agencies? They might have had relations with certain people and pictures and compromised. Do you think that they're currently being blackmailed? You know, I, I have no proof of that, but I, I, again, I can't understand the vote, so nothing surprises me in Washington. <laughs> you know, I can't understand that. That could that could be the beginning of most any question you ask of Sporkfoot.
Marjorie, here's a cow, cowgirl boot full of piss. The directions to how to empty it are on the heel. You know, I don't understand that. The list of things she doesn't understand is far longer than the list of things that she does. Washington, D.C. anymore, Charlie. Literally nothing surprises me um, because it doesn't make sense to anyone, right? Why would anyone vote no? Why would anyone protect Mayorkas unless they're being bribed, unless there's something going on, unless they're making a deal? Uh, you know, because you can't understand it. It makes no sense. Oh, it's the Chewbacca defense. Don't make no sense. <sighs> uh, the thing is, she just accused three of her Republican colleagues of taking bribes. And she's not using the speech and debate clause because she's on a phone with uh, a man with a big, giant, empty head. That might be censurable. It's not very collegial. She didn't call them my friends. I think they might need to evaluate her meds again. And then there's James Lankford. They don't get much more right-wing than James Langford, the, the senior senator of Oklahoma, Stan. But the Republican Party grunted and barked and hooted and brayed and squealed and shrieked about, we must do something about Biden's problem at the southern border. And he took them at their word. So he sat down with people like Chris Murphy on the other side. And they worked out the aforementioned brutally, brutally vicious border bill. Uh, going back to tuck, uh, testicle toasting, Tucky o Rose Carlson, masculine man of masculine manulimity. Uh, Brother Deacon Asa said, LOL, fucker Carlson's middle name is Dick Licker. How does a six-foot-tall journalist blow a 5.2 dictator? Even on his knees. Apologies to the dinner crowd in advance. Well, that isn't exactly in advance, but... Oh, well, I mean... Hmm. Sorry about dinner in the Central Standard Time Zone. I trust you're past your snack now out there in the Pacific Time Zone, Billable. But he's horrid. But we knew that. He's a nasty little apologist for Vladimir Putin and his desire to ethnically cleanse, that is, genocide Ukraine. But in the Senate, after putting together this bill that had a lot of hope behind it. 49 senators voted in favor of the bill. 50 voted against it. And so it's either dead or we'll have to... We don't know. But we do know that this signals that whatever it is that the Republicans report as being a crisis at the southern border, 
is going to continue for about an, at least another year. Uh, Chuck Schumer delivered a Jeremy ad against his Republican colleagues saying, why have Republicans backed off on border when they know it's the right thing to do? Two words. Donald Trump. And things got uh, testy in the Senate in the debate over whether to debate the border bill. There may now be just a bill for Ukraine and Israeli aid. Some Taiwan in there too, I hope. But now even that appears to be in jeopardy. Over at Punchbowl News, Andrew Andrew, uh, Desiderio reports a... Well, a suspicion that the the, uh, GOP carcass in the Senate are going to have to pass something. But the uh, uh, Steve Daines, a senator from Montana, Stan? Or is he South Dakota? It says Montana. Uh, But uh, he actually went to Ukraine to see the effects of the Russian invasion. And in the Punchbowl story, it says, uh, he told Republican senators that passing the foreign aid portion without a border component would kneecap GOP candidates in key races who have been calling for no foreign aid without border. And uh, then Bishop Willard Romney and Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, got into it. In Desiderio's story, he said, I'm told that Senator Thune, the GOP whip, told Republicans that the vote on this package is going to happen at some point, so we need to stop being pussies and just vote. Ah, I love it. I mean, that's the word he, word he used. Point was made that Republicans should just get this over with because it's not going away. But when I said that the bill is vicious, the border bill... Yeah, there's no path to citizenship for the dreamers in it. People who were brought here as children and had no say in where where they were. But Nitwit Nero, uh, it's the old uh, RCA Victor record label with the dog sitting next to the gramophone, has master's voice. Don't vote for this bill. Don't vote for it. Woof, woof, woof. It's, uh... Well, they're... They're not going to do anything. And I just... I, 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 I sincerely hope that the Biden team is capable of just hitting them relentlessly. At one point in time, um, President Biden has said, listen, the big lie of Donald Trump is the new lost cause of the Confederacy. 
I think I think though that more than anything else, the person I'm most interested in knowing whether he learned anything from all of this is James Lankford of Oklahoma Stand. Because he got burned. Oh dear me. He got torched. By his own party. And this guy this this guy is a is a hair on fire right winger, okay? But there's no one that the that the maggots will not turn on at the sound of, again, their master's voice. It got so bad that in the Senate session about whether to debate the bill, which took up border security and foreign aid and was some $118 billion, James Lankford explained the pressure that had been brought to bear on him. Some of them may have policy differences. Some of them have been very clear with me. They have political differences with the bill. They say it's the wrong time to solve the problem or let the presidential election solve this problem. In fact, I had a popular commentator four weeks ago that I talked to that told me flat out before they knew any of the contents of the bill, any of the content, none, nothing was out at that point, that told me flat out, if you try to move a bill that solves the border crisis during this presidential year, I will do whatever I can to destroy you because I do not want you to solve this during the presidential election. By the way, they have been faithful to their promise and have done everything they can to destroy me in the past several weeks. Now, this is during debate, and he's in the well of the Senate, and he is protected by the speech and debate clause. But notice, he's not willing to name names. Now, testicle-toasting Tucky O'Rose Carlson, masculine man of masculine masculinity, I was in Mother Russia with his head up Pootie's ass at the time. You reckon it was... Tokyo Rose four weeks ago? Or does this sound, I mean, that sounds all butch and ballsy, like the masculine man of masculine masculinity would, uh, would say, because he thinks he's got oodles and oodles of power. Or was it that life support system for a haircut, the Hannity job? There's another possibility. Could it have been Frau Ingram? Huh? I mean, the language is just entirely wrong for, like, Pink Shrek, you know, Joe Rogaine. Little Benny Dry Wife Shapiro doesn't have that kind of stroke. Neither does Matt Dysphoria Beard Walsh. Um, Mark Levin? The man with the voice made for print? Eh, he said popular commentator. That pretty much lets out 
Michael Savage Wiener. Doesn't that mean it pretty much has to either be Hannity, Carlson, or Frau Ingram? And imagine imagine thinking you are so powerful and untouchable as to be able to threaten a sitting member of the United States Senate. I'm I'm not going to sit here and weep a bucket of tears for James Lankford because, well, those are his people. Right? And now, today, James Langford learned the lesson of just how dangerous misinformation on social media can be. He said a Facebook post and a Twitter post misstated the facts about the policy. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets its boots on. It's been hard to overcome. Poor baby. And why did it come to this? Because two weeks ago, Nitwit Nero said, As the leader of our party, there is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. It's not going to happen, and I'll fight it all the way. When news of what Lankford said in the well of the Senate hit social media, well... People were pissed off at Langford for not naming names. One individual said, I'm glad the senator said this, but I wish he said it four weeks ago when it happened, and he should name the commentator. This is wrong, and it has to stop. Another said, it's hard to believe this is actually happening right before our eyes. One other person said, this is disgusting. The Republicans need to take their party back. MAGA is out of control. <laughs> or maybe maybe that's a Declanus laugh. <laughs> there are no Republicans left to take back their party. Maggots are the Republican Party. Some just have to learn it the hard way. Bishop Willard Romney isn't going to be a senator from Utah anymore because he can't get the Republican vote because it's the maggot vote. Liz Cheney is gone from the Congress because she couldn't get the maggot vote, which is the same as the Republican vote. Adam Kinzinger is gone from the Republican Party and the Congress because he couldn't get the maggot vote, which is, in fact, the Republican vote. To a certain extent, these, the, these, these people, people like James Langford, are struggling with reality. Their Republican Party, the hateful, vile party that at least managed to not say the quiet part out loud, is gone. It's dead, Jim. His name is James, after all. It's dead, Jim. There's our obligatory Star Trek reference for the evening. It's just dead. D-E-D, dead. And it has been replaced by the maggots. 
And they're not going to come to their senses. Let's please, please, pretty please with sugar on it, understand that. When the orange skid mark finally goes to his long home, it will not end the maggot spasm. Because there is already jockeying in place to replace him and be the next head of the maggots. Because it's all the Republican Party has left. All there is. There are no moderate Republicans anymore. God knows there are no liberal Republicans. Granted, we have moderate and conservative Democrats, big tent and all that. Oh, Kirsten Cinema got downright indignant today after, uh, during the debate. She said, you failed Arizona. First thing that went through my mind was, well, sis, it takes one to know one. I I wonder if anybody. I wonder if maybe the FBI popped popped by Jim Langford's office and said, "Jimbo, who threatened you, honey? That shouldn't happen. We'd like to have a little chat." Well, I'm sure there were no witnesses to it, so the creep in question, who thinks he and and and. May know he had, I'm assuming he, it might be Frau Ingram. But they know they wield that kind of power over the, over the soft skulls who are maggot. And speaking of potentially illegal conduct, well, um, Nitwit Nero is grunting some more. He probably doesn't have the guts to show up in the Supreme Court tomorrow for the arguments on the Colorado disqualification case because he can't stand, as we have already seen, he cannot stand... To hear his sins recounted before him, he can't even sit still. And if his lawyers are giving him any kind of advice that he is willing to follow, it might be... uh, They came to me and they said, Sir, Sir, don't come tomorrow. It'll be boring. It's all going to be lies on one side, and we've got this covered. So I won't be there, because they said, Sir, don't come. Believe me. He would He would probably have that stroke we've been talking about for a while if he did show up. Remember, he couldn't even take it in a civil case. When they start laying out his criminality and the insurrection which he led and fomented, he might turn purple and pop like a, mm, like a really bad zit. 
go from orange to purple. Whew. So he's running his yap again. He went over to Tripe Social and triped. If a president does not have immunity, the opposing party during his her term in office, there are only two genders. Uh, you, using the word there, there is perfectly appropriate in English, and it's been in place since about the 15th century or so. His, her term in office. Wait, is he admitting of the possibility that there might be a woman president? Yes, Iwanka. Can extort and blackmail the president by saying that if you don't give us everything we want, we will indict you for things you did while in office, even if everything done was totally legal and appropriate. So he's threatening to, what was the word he used? Yep, uh, extort and blackmail Joe Biden. That would be the end of the presidency in our country as we know it, and it's just one of the many traps there are. There would be for a president without presidential immunity. Obama, Bush, and soon crooked Joe Biden would all be in prison, protect presidential immunity, make America great again. Keep my ass out of the stir. I can't take it. And that tells that tells me, it tells us, that he really doesn't comprehend what the D.C. Circuit's opinion was in regard to immunity. They specifically said that immunity continues to attach to the presidency but not for crimes committed, felonies, and made the distinction that there are times when a candidate is performing as an office seeker versus as an office holder. And they said taking the facts as alleged to, in, to be true, that the insurrection he fomented was done as an office seeker. And that's why it's not protected. And it still hasn't dawned on him that if they were to rule in his favor, Joe Biden would have that immunity too and could pick up the phone and say, um, uh, get me a scoop of uh, mint chocolate chip and SEAL Team 6. I was drinking bubble tea the other day. I thought that was kind of hip of him. But his lawyers did try to uh, explain the D.C. Circuit's ruling and so uh, over at CNN's The Source with Caitlin Collins yesterday after the decision came out former Nitwit Nero Pettifogger Tim Parlatori had a little chat with Ms. Uh, Ms. Collins and explained which part, knowing he, knowing his former client as he does, which part of the ruling is really going to get under ti Tangerine Tiberius's skin. To the source, are, are you surprised that Trump lost here? No, no, it's not surprising what the result is. Uh, I mean, I was a little bit surprised that they ruled it on the merits. I kind of 
thought that they may uh, go for jurisdiction and just say, you know, this is premature. Come back to us after the case is over, uh, which would have then really removed the ability to even go to the Supreme Court right now. Uh, so it did surprise me that they went to the merits, but, you know, not what the bottom line was. I mean, yeah, they spent a lot of this ruling on the juris- jurisdiction, if anyone's reading that. But but on the merits itself, I mean, Trump is responding to this today by saying the presidency is going to lose power and prestige. When the court says it's actually an important check on the presidency if they're not immune. Uh, he says a president must have full immunity to properly function. They say that's not supported by history or logic that he was just carrying out his official acts. They say what's alleged is not an official act, that it was instead, they say true, an unprecedented assault on the structure of our government. If it does go to the Supreme Court, let me ask you what I, what I asked George Conway, which is what argument does his legal team have left? You know, the big thing that I thought that this decision was kind of missing was a more a detailed discussion of what the left and right limits would be of immunity. Uh, I think that it kind of gave um, a little bit short shrift to the idea of, you know, when you're out of office that it doesn't uh, doesn't apply anymore. So I think that the Supreme Court could clarify those points. Uh, and one thing to understand is that the Supreme Court doesn't just take cases to overturn them. And, you know, there was a case several years ago in the Clinton administration that the circuit decided an issue of uh, privilege and the um, the Supreme Court decided not to take it. But Justice Ginsburg gave a very strong dissent where she said issues like this that affect you know the privileges and immunities related to the presidency is something that should be coming from the Supreme Court, not just from the circuit. And so even if the uh, Supreme Court were to take it and affirm it entirely, it is something because it affects the president that there is you know, a belief that it should come from the Supreme Court, not just the Do circuit. you believe that? Do you think it should go to the Supreme Court after reading this opinion or this ruling today? You know, I, I, I do see a value in in the Supreme Court uh, weighing in and potentially clarifying, you know, what you know, what type of conduct would or wouldn't be uh you know, under the immunity. I don't think that it's going to affect the outcome. I don't think it's going to change, um, you know, what's going to happen in this trial. Uh, I think that the Supreme Court would have to make that decision really based on on the law and the precedent, uh, whereas a lot of people want to make the decision based on the schedule of getting the trial done before the election. But you're saying you do think the case will ultimately go to trial, even if it does go to the Supreme Court? I believe that the Supreme Court is not going to overturn it and find, you know, the blanket immunity that uh, that the former president is asking for. Okay, that's. I just wanted to make sure that's what you were saying. Uh, You you know Trump well. You worked for him. You represented him. There's kind of like a special class for all the attorneys who who worked for Donald Trump. uh, I think just based on covering them for so long. Uh, I wonder how you think he read this today. You know, the fact that he lost, that they rejected his arguments that they referred to him as, as citizen Trump. I mean, how would you predict he's responding to this tonight? I, I mean, I think that he's probably taking it more personally, um, you know, particularly the parts about citizen Trump. Uh, I think that he's uh, probably more concentrating on that. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, you know, one would hope that his lawyers, and he has some very good lawyers on this particular uh, issue to, <laughs> to try to, you know, refocus it on, you know, just the legal aspects, you know, have, have John Sauer go in and say, you know, th- this is the standard, this is what we need to more focus on.
than the personal. Tim Parlatori, great to have you. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's uh, it's easy to see. He's pretty much, you know, he, he still has an attorney-client privilege with Nitwit Nero. He can't break that privilege, but it's clear that he's still kind of in his camp, which is kind of wild. But it's a case, again, as I... I heard people over the course of the last 24 hours saying, well, maybe the Supreme Court will bounce this and just let the trial go, let the trial uh, commence. And I suppose that's possible, but it just seems so highly improbable given the fact that this is a case of first impression. This is one of those never happened in the United States before moments where a president caught in abject criminal conduct gets charged for it. Richard Nixon was caught in abject criminal conduct, but he was pardoned. Now with this threat of blackmail against Joe Biden, is that some sort of shot across, you better pardon me. He's so sure he's going to be reelected. Should he be that sure? Maybe I'm just uh, overly optimistic. And then, then there's our pal, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Haley. who was on the ballot last night in the Nevada primary. Now there's Nevada primaries and there's a Nevada caucus. Nitwit Nero didn't even sign up for the Nevada primary. But apparently none of these candidates did. That was the name of the candidate. None of these candidates. And... Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Secretary, uh, uh, Speaker of the House, Nikki Haley, lost in Nevada to none of these candidates. And this apparently pissed her off. And she went on uh, some sort of, she said... Republicans keep doing the same thing and getting the same result. Chaos. That's the definition of insanity. RNC imploded. House GOP can't pass anything. Trump lost another court case and threw another temper tantrum. And this is all... Okay, so... She lost pretty big in Iowa. She lost by 11 points in New Hampshire. And she didn't even lose to Nitwit Nero in Nevada. She lost to no one at all would be preferable to Nikki Haley. According to uh, Jasmine Aloha over at the New York Times, 
Ms. Haley has continued to project confidence, saying that she will stay in the race until Super Tuesday on March 5th. But she remains far behind Mr. Trump in most state and national polls. In South Carolina, where she was governor and which will hold its primary on February 24th, that's 17 days from now, she trails him by roughly 30 percentage points. In California, Super Tuesday state, where she's set to appear for a rally on, well, this evening, she's down by more than 50 points. I'm telling you, she's trying to stay in the race until such time as the Slim Whitman music starts playing and Nitwit Nero's orange head goes pop. In this case, the role of the Slim Whitman music will be performed by uh, Monsieur John Smith and the Honorable Tanya Chutkin. None of these candidates. God, that would sting! And then there's the conspiracy theory du jour. Because Orange Julius Geezer is now mad at Dave. What have you and Gladys done? And 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 well, no no wonder no wonder he's mad at Taliban Diana. Poor Eric the Dumber has a has has a, has a part-time sheltered workshop job at Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium. But he is he's mad at Taliban Diana, and he's claiming that. Taliban Diana is trying to, where have we heard this before, rig the election for Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House Haley. It was all detailed in Politico. And it's one of those things where you want to get a real good snort of Mexican gasoline before you start reading because otherwise... It's 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 hard to make sense of. Taliban Diana's primary, like West Virginia's, isn't until May. All the shouting will be over in 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 terms of the Republican nomination by then. And it may be back. It may be about when his trial's starting. And so just the, just as he screwed himself in places like Georgia in 2020 by telling maggots not to vote by mail but to go and vote in person, he, he may be creating a self-fulfilling prophecy in Talibandiana. And it's kind of a, a laboratory experiment to see if he can make the rigged election shtick stick. A Republican attorney from Evansville by the name of Joshua Claiborne, who's also a former GOP delegate from Talibandiana, said, Trump is reinforcing a narrative where the only acceptable outcome is his victory, thus preemptively delegitimizing 
any electoral defeat. It sets the stage for yet another crisis of legitimacy in the November election. And this is all being, I guess, ginned up by an, a Talibandiana maggot by the name of Jim Banks, a member of the House of Representatives, who is instead running for Senate this time through, who, being a good follower of his master's voice, retriped a tripe social triping that Nitwit Nero put up last week, and he reposted it on to, as an excrement on X. See if you see if this has any. Oh, I don't know. See if it echoes or rhymes with anything that he's done before. He's claiming that Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House Haley didn't qualify for the Indiana primary. Instead, saying that she was scrambling in Indiana with Democrat county clerk offices to verify signatures. Then, barring that, well, she forgot to apply. And says, I'm going to have the best lawyers challenge her position on the ballot. Again, he doesn't understand the law that's in place. Signatures for ballot access were due by January 30th. But the filing deadline isn't until Friday, the ninth day of February. So she's going to qualify. Cindy Mowry is a Republican board member on the Marion County Board of Voters Registration. She is unfortunately at the center of all of this, or, you know, maybe just don't even care, given how she's a Republican board member. She said, I think somebody gave him incorrect information based on lack of knowledge, and he went with what he was told. That's a lot of words for saying he's a dumbass and a liar. Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House, however, is a little more blunt. She said, well, he's either confused again or he's lying at worst. This is more nonsense and confusion from Trump. That was Betsy Ankney, who is uh, Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House Haley's campaign manager. We have more than enough verified signatures in each congressional district, and we'll be filing this week before the February 9th deadline. You should be asking whether they're simply confused or whether they're lying and misleading people. Politico also reached out to David Axelrod, the former top political advisor to President Obama, who said, making assertions that have no basis in fact, even if they undermine your public faith in our institutions, including our elections, is of no consequence to him. So this is just one little signpost along the way. Burma shave. I added the Burma shave. And pointing out, well, the considerable lack of intellectual process going on, Mike Murphy, who is a member of the House of Representatives from Indiana, 
said, why put out the effort to challenge the Haley effort ahead of time when Trump knows he's going to win Indiana no matter what? The bottom line, he's completely unhinged. He is literally off his rocker. And so now he's, uh, he's having his minions send nasty grams. They sent a threatening letter to the Democratic clerk, the clerk of Marion County, Indiana, who happens to be a Democrat, a woman named Kate Sweeney Bell. They accused her of accepting signatures for Haley and demanding she preserve all evidence during the certification process. Well, you know, maggot's going to maggot, and nitwit's going to nitwit. But the paranoia is over the top. And it's not going to get any better. Consider the plight, if indeed plight it is, of Ronna Romney McDaniel, niece of Bishop, Bishop Willard, who has, has been a loyal foot soldier to Julius Geezer through thick and thin, and who would not say shit about Donald Trump if she had a mouthful of, of, of his very own. Well, apparently, Ronna Romney McDaniel is among that group of people who still haven't figured out that Nitwit Nero will betray anyone and everyone for his own perceived best interest. And for months now, maggots have been putting pressure on her to step down as head of the RNC because they've got an even more unhinged maggot that they want to put in the job. Over at the New York Times, Maggie Haberman, Shane Goldmacher, Jonathan Swan, and Annie Carney wrote... Ms. McDaniel has faced months of pressure, a campaign from Trump-allied forces to unseat her, and growing dissatisfaction and anxiety in the Trump camp about the strained finances of the RNC as the general election cycle begins early. It's always about the money. So while at the same time she's doing Trump's bidding. And at the same time, she, no, no, everything, you know, she's that meme with the dog with the fire behind it. No, everything, this is, this seems fine. Well, what, what they, what, what Nitwit Nero wants, according to the article, Mr. Trump is then likely to promote the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party Michael Whatley, 
as her replacement, according to several people familiar with the discussions. Under the arcana of the committee's rules, however, Mr. Trump cannot simply install someone. A new election must take place, and Mr. Whatley could face internal party dissent. Mr. Whatley has baselessly claimed that election security efforts from Republicans in North Carolina stop Democrats from cheating. He's also currently the general counsel at the Republican National Committee and has endorsed efforts to develop new voting laws. Mr. Trump and his associates have made focusing on election security a signature point they plan to push in a general election. There's been no evidence of widespread fraud related to the 2020 voting, and Mr. Trump's allies lost dozens of court challenges. You always have to put that in any, in any story about him claiming anything about any election. But yesterday caused, brought on no small amount of weeping and wailing and sitting in sackcloth and ashes. After uh, after the news broke about the D.C. Circuit's decision yesterday, Stephen Miller, Herr Muller, showed up on Sean Spicer's show, Spicy with Sean Spicer, I don't know. I I didn't know he had a show. But after after the ruling came out and when he was on air, uh, Reichsmarschall uh, Reichsführer Müller had had a nutter on air. It was a moment. I mean, there were finger gestures and everything. What if I find a judge and I find a prosecutor who says he opened the border to help him win re-election, yep. to get more illegal aliens to vote, and he fought election integrity at DHS and DOJ as part of his conspiracy? So that's a RICO violation, it's a civil rights violation, and it's sedition. That's several hundred years in prison for those violations. And I have a judge and a prosecutor who also say, you go to jail, Mayorkas goes to jail, everyone in your administration goes to jail, and your immunity is a worthless piece. What if I find a judge and I find a prosecutor? Worthless piece of, uh, yeah. Yeah, that that, that, that wasn't just a meltdown. That was core on the floor. Yeah, I know. It's not it's not like I didn't think about that too. Brother Deacon Asa says, Wait, Spicy has his own show? Does he dress up in his furry costume on the air? Asking for a front stabbing friend. I wonder if maybe at some point in time Stephen Miller is a little bit worried about maybe people catching up with him. Over at the Lincoln Project, their Veterans Affairs advisor, Fred Wellman, said, bro's losing it. That sounds like losing it. Michael Cohen just 
uh, went on the platform formerly known as Twitter and said, keep talking, shithead. We're all enjoying your meltdown, Stephen. Not a lot to say about the fact that the Republicans, well, pretty much tanked any hope for relief at the southern border. Right. And then it was good times had by all at the uh, at the view today. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I'm sorry, the Schadenfreude is too much to be avoided. And it was there in rich display. Yeah, she's turning 28 today. It's kind of crazy. I'm not thinking any more about it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I want to read this in the serious way that it's meant. Because I don't want go, you to go that I'm just running off at the mouth. You know who <laughs> has been ranting that a president is basically a dictator who is totally immune from justice. But yesterday, a D.C. federal appeals court unanimously, <laughs> unanimously, and this includes people that he's appointed, ruled unanimously <laughs> that he's wrong. They found that he can be put on trial for trying to hold on to power after losing the 2020 election and rejected his claim of presidential immunity. Said no. No, 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 no. Can we get an amen? <laughs> And they said, uh, you can appeal, uh, but we don't think you're going to win. <laughs> because that's like giving power held unaccountable uh, to the crazy people. You can't have it. That's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> And what was wonderful about it is it's a 57-page opinion. 57 it's pages. Extremely well written. It relies on legal precedent. And they said this: We cannot, cannot. accept nah. former President Trump's claim. No, we can't. That a president was unbounded, unbounded, has unbounded authority to commit crimes Glory. that would neutralize the most fundamental, fundamental check on executive power. Check. Hallelujah. On executive power. The recognition and implementation Go of ahead, election results. Talk about it. Talk about it. Okay. Yes. I think, yes. I, think, I think me and Whoopi grew so, up in the same I, church. I think what's also very important about it is they said, if you want to have a rehearing in front of this court, which actually has 11 members and not three, mm -hmm. it's called Embank. Embank. You, you, you can do that. But if you do that, the trial that, that's being held up in D.C. is going forward. Mm -hmm. And then they also said, and if you want to appeal to the Supreme Court, you better do it by next So Monday. in other words, in other words, times. Trump times. is not a king. He's just a crook with a mugshot. Yes. <laughs> and he's a 
according to this book. The most important part is what Sonny just mentioned to me. I've had fears that he would use every delay tactic yep. to put off this case. And this almost ensures it will happen before the election. Because some of the others won't. Documents likely won't happen. This is the one the American people deserve to know if he is a convicted felon by the yep. time they go to the voting booth. Which it is smart like they that will. they added that kind yes. of That's why they what, added it. I'm but that was sure. so brilliant because the, now the key thing is the Supreme Court. If he decides to, which he will, yeah. take it to the Supreme Court, it will be whether they take it up right away. Because and it'll be that weeks could be or yes. It could be weeks or months yeah. when it comes to the Supreme Court. But I think that they know how important this yeah. is. Yeah. And so I suspect that they would take it up in weeks. It would look really bad if they yes. waited. Yeah. I don't and trust they, them. They need four out of the nine justices. I don't trust You trust say, that Supreme Court? Well, they need four out of the nine justices to say yes, we'll hear it. Oh, only so I don't think they'll take it up. They don't think they're going to take it up because it's a this decision. This decision is on point. They are not playing. They when, you know, I hope that's I'm, I'm making light of it because I'm glad that finally he is being held to the same standards that I am, exactly. that you are, right. that you are. Everybody's held to the same standards, finally. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy because I believe that the, you know, the court doesn't always work the way I'd like it to. Mm -hmm. But there is something to be said about the, the, our justice system. The law it's and flawed. Order. We know that. Yeah. It's flawed. And there's lots to change. But the law is the law. Yep. And they are saying, you know what? Wait a minute. We just woke up. Wow, we've just had a nap. The law is the law. <laughs> exactly. And now we're, we're seeing it happen, I hope and pray. But today... Your lips to God's ear. Whoopee. Uh, back to not uh, uh, back to uh, brother Deacon not knowing spicy had a show. Emilio says that's okay. The people that watch your show didn't know he had one either. Quality. Trump's brief to the Supremes. Uh, this is the. Colorado disqualification brief. It includes arguments like the, the president is not an officer of the United States. President Trump did not engage in insurrection. Section 3 should be enforced only through Congress's chosen methods of enforcement. Section 3 cannot be used to deny President Trump access to the ballot. And the Colorado Supreme Court violated the Elector's Clause in the Colorado Election Cl Code. That's some 59 pages. Thanks, Lou and PA. That'll be a little light reading for after the program. Uh, Micah, a moment ago, said, I need to watch this clip. Whoopi Goldberg is a national goddamn treasure. That she is. Oh, and by the way, just apropos of nothing, we um, were talking about the, the man with the largest, emptiest head in the world, one Charles Kirk. 
I, I, I got a screen cap of him you know, waving his hands about as he sits and pontificates, for lack of a better term. The banner says, The Charlie Kirk Show, Real America's Voice. Email freedom at charliekirk.com. There's an advertisement by his screen that says, "Church, uh, Strong Church. I don't know. But the caption underneath from Media Matters is a quote of him. Charlie Kirk, the January 6th insurrectionists should have stripped naked and filmed themselves having gay sex. That would have solved all the problems. Oh, my tiny little brain aches. Well, they did go potty on the... I mean, they had to at least strip partially naked in order to poop on, rub, wipe poop on the walls and pee on the floors. That may very well be one of my remarks tomorrow. That while that body sits there worrying about how trans people go potty, that I can say with certainty that, well, trans people aren't wiping the walls with poop and peeing on the floors like Republican supporters of Donald Trump did on January the 6th, 2021. Maybe you're worrying about the wrong people in the wrong bathrooms. Not saying, just saying. Oh, and and, and this little bit of fun. I, I warned that somewhat gender non-conforming people, cis women who don't go everywhere they go in antebellum. Ball gowns. Uh, a maggot online uh, got all butt hurt. Just in, pop star Pink demands pro-life Americans never fucking listen to my music again. Thoughts? Well, the maggots responded. That's easy. I never did. And why is this guy wearing makeup? It was a photograph of Pink, who was very obviously a woman. Why is this guy wearing makeup? Next comment. Don't know that guy. Then uh, somebody posted a picture of Brian Bosworth and said he should stick to football. See, once, once, once it gets rolling, a nice fascist purge has to find new targets constantly. Uh, and uh, Reverbo, the human man out in Colorado, Colorado, writes, Don't you remember when I was an Internet columnist for the Horn? I do, I do. I had written a satirical article where I would suggested Michael Sheen as president and Whoopi as his VP. Still recommend that ticket. Whoop, whoopi can... Yeah. 
I did I did like the uh, prayer meeting Wednesday take though. That was that was a lot of fun. I thought I was the only one that was going. Hey! It was fun. Uh, what else? Because I'm probably going to knock this off after a little bit because uh, I do I have to finish drafting my remarks for tomorrow. I'll have a minute and a half and not a second later because while Tom Fast will let a, a Christian maniac rant on and on, he cuts the mic of anyone who's being critical of his little fascist bills. I do have one little secret weapon. It's not a weapon. I don't need microphones. I don't need amplification. You can not only hear me in any corner of that building, of that room, that house chamber. You can pretty much hear me all the way down to the rotunda. Thank you, high school drama teachers who taught me to project. Let's run out to Missouri, Stan, shall we? Where Valentina Gomez is running for Secretary of State. And she knows exactly who she wants to campaign to and get votes from. She posted a video, uh, she posted an excrement on X... Well, let's just go to the audio. This is what I will do to the growing books when I become Secretary of State. Let's go. This book's from the Missouri Public Library. When I'm in office, they will burn. Yeah. Valentina Gomez in this video said that she took books from a Missouri public library and she had a flamethrower and she set fire to the books. Oh, really, she did. Let's back up a minute. Oh, and she's got some really sexy pictures of her holding an AR-15. The book she is burning is a book called Queer. Uh, Valentina, honey, I know you're running as a Republican. But those white people aren't going to like you. She referred to them as grooming books. And she, as Secretary of State is going to use the powers of the Secretary of State's office to burn books in public libraries? Well, that's just where we are, isn't it? That's who the maggots are, y'all. 1933, 2023, 1934, 2024, here we are. Because a book that is merely a memoir of a person's process of maturing and realizing who they are 
Wow, that book has to burn. When I'm Secretary of State, I will burn all books that are grooming, indoctrinating, and sexualizing our children. MAGA, America first. When they tell you who they are, believe them the first time. And she's attractive. And she's trying to use that to her advantage to get maggot voters to the polls by making maggot men's withered old members jump like a snake in the microwave. Sex sells, I suppose. And uh, a report out of, take it for what it's worth, According to Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, Special Counsel Jack Smith will seek to expedite Nitwit Nero's immunity appeals. Uh, David Spunt, you know, a million million units of penicillin will usually cure, cure a bad case of Spunt. Um, said, we are waiting for some reaction from Jack Smith's team to see if the special counsel is weighing in. This is clearly a win for him, a unanimous decision. The trial is supposed to begin in Washington, D.C. on March 4th. Now that the U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled against the former president, he has the right to take this to the Supreme Court. But I'm also told by sources in Jack Smith's office, I was told a couple of weeks ago, that it's likely that the special counsel will try to get this expedited to the Supreme Court because he wants to get this back on track as soon as possible. Huh. wonder if that might be along the lines of maybe Jack Smith waving certiorari like I pointed out last night. Don't know. Meanwhile, Judge Chutkin has indicated uh, at a conference, a judicial conference, for another criminal case touching upon the terrorist attack on the capital of the United States on January 6, 2021. She said, I'm only going to be in in the country even in early August if Trump's trial's on my calendar. I hope not to be in the country on August 5th. Uh, She said she might be because I'm in trial in another matter that has not yet returned to my calendar. And that was a reference to the Nitwit Nero insurrection case. And then it just gets worse. The man with the largest forehead on earth and a taste for hard-on pill, uh, snorting hard-on pills when chasing it with Red Bull, his ethics committee problems are getting worse, or should we say wider, broader. He's recently found out that 
House Ethics Committee has made contact with another of Matt's <clears throat> ex-girlfriends. <clears throat> According to a CNN report, the Ethics Committee has reached out to an ex-girlfriend who was a key witness in the federal investigation into the Florida lawmaker, according to a source familiar with the ethics probe. The outreach, which has not previously been reported, is a sign that the GOP-led committee's investigation into the Florida Republican has recently expanded to include questioning around allegations of sex crimes, drug use, and illicit benefits. The woman in question is a former Capitol Hill staffer, and her connections to it just gates worse go all the way back to the summer of 2017. She was granted immunity from federal criminal prosecution, testified before a grand jury in 2022, but she's not expected to cooperate with the ethics probe. Gee, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. And then there's uh, Liz Cheney. When Jerk Deluxe Vance popped up Groundhog Day-like to uh, declare that uh, it's okay if the president wants to blow off a Supreme Court ruling, Liz Cheney responded by saying, that's tyranny. That was after his interview on uh, this week with George Snuffleupagus, or ABC News Sunday, uh, where he said uh, that a president should just ignore a Supreme Court ruling he doesn't like. Uh, over on excrement, or over on X, Liz Cheney posted an excrement saying, Vance also admitted he would have done what Vice President Pence refused to do on January 6th, help Trump illegally seize power. Neither Trump nor Vance is fit to serve. Ooh, jerk deluxe can... Oh, he, he, he wants to live at the U.S. Naval Observatory in D.C. as the Vice President of the United States. So damn bad he can taste it. And uh, this little horrifying note, via a report leaked to the New York Times, Israel has now said that at least 20% of the remaining October 7th hostages in Gaza are already dead. Interestingly, in the the report, they didn't say how they know or if they know how they died or where the remains are.
I think it obviously the fundamental the fundamental fault for the death of those hostages lies with Hamas because they took the hostages. However, in the law, there is a concept in torts that speaks to issues of causation. And the concepts are called, and I don't know if uh, Steve in New York's listening or Billable Rick for that matter, or Darlene, and when I, when I mention them, they're, they're the ones I know who have also had a cup of coffee in law school and done some practicing. But there is a concept called intervening and superseding causation in American law. This is a concept coming out of English common law that says a tortious event, a civil harm, and I'm not, I don't recall if it's uh, applicable in criminal cases or not. I would guess it probably is. But again, it's law, not war. But still, an event can be caused by one thing, but then later events can intervene and supersede the causation. Take, for instance, the assassination of President James A. Garfield. A disgruntled asshole from, what, Buffalo? With a cheap little piece of shit revolver plugged the President of the United States and President Garfield didn't immediately die. This wasn't an Abe Lincoln or a John Kennedy situation. Medicine was still barbaric. And at the time he was shot, President Garfield, as he lay there, a, a doctor came and, and began literally, no, no hand washing, no gloves, no, began rooting around with his fingers inside the bullet wound, trying to grab the bullet and take it out. Again, President Garfield did not die. He did not die from being shot. Instead, he lingered half alive, and the president and the, and, the, and the country went without a president for approximately six months. As various and sundry quacks uh, fluttered around him, doing things like trying to feed him roast beef and mashed potatoes through his rectum. That was why it was so horrifying when we found out that uh, back during Dim Leaders' War against the innocent people of Iraq and Afghanistan that prisoners at Guantanamo Bay had been force-fed rectally because it's been scientific knowledge, medical knowledge for decades, if not a century, that the Colon doesn't take in nutrition that way. The roast beef and mashed potatoes and gravy just kind of sit there until they don't. Well, there went dinner in the mountain standard time zone. 
And in that instance, medical malpractice became what one could consider to be an intervening and superseding cause of the death of James Garfield. He survived the bullet wound. He couldn't survive the doctoring. And because of how my mind works, that's exactly what I thought of when I saw this horrifying story about Israel knowing, but being on the down low about, because again, this was a leaked report to the New York Times, So Psycho Bibi and What's-His-Fuck Ben Gavir and Beelzebub Smotrich and the other fascists in that cabinet, in that horrid government, had apparently not made it known to any of the families of any of the hostages. And it may well be that Psycho Bibi and... Beelzebub Smotrich, and what's-his-fuck Ben Gavir, and the rest of the fascists were actually an intervening and superseding causation of the deaths of some of those hostages. In other words, they murdered them with their relentless bombing and ethnic cleansing campaign. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, is over there trying to trying to help work something out. Uh, the uh, uh, an ambassador for Qatar, or perhaps Foreign Secretary, I don't know, Mohammed bin Abdulrahman Al Thani, is trying to mediate between Hamas and Israel. Blinken, ever the eternal optimist, said there's still a lot of work to be done, but we continue to believe that an agreement is possible and indeed essential. The document that was leaked to the New York Times was a confidential internal Israeli review of the hostage situation. It contained the information that 31 hostages are dead, and 20 more is uh, 20 more are in question, and they too may have died in captivity. They may have been blown all to pieces by Israel, and this is rattling Israeli society because that's a higher number than the Israeli government had ever disclosed prior. And no one knows the cause of death. And no one can make Netanyahu do anything even remotely decent. The IDF is now investigating, by the way. Literally dozens of incidents, and many of them have been caught on video. Israeli uh, Israeli soldiers just rampaging through stores in Gaza, 
abusing civilians and uh, the Israeli military itself has begun whitewashing, I mean investigating dozens of such incidents where Israeli soldiers trash the IDF's own rules of conduct and engagement or in fact have violated international law governing conflict I wonder if murdering a woman and her mother in the grounds of an ancient church might be part of that I don't know And the reach of all of this and the potential for harm of all of this continues to be a nightmare all over the world. Tomorrow, Thursday, the 8th day of February, there's a basketball game in Riga, the capital of Latvia. It is uh, uh, run by FIBA Europe the European Basketball Sanctioning Authority. And at present, the women's basketball team... Hey, you know, it's nice to have a story about women's sports that doesn't involve Riley Gaines, that that, uh, grievance troll in the pay of a tax-exempt Christian grift uh, pissing and moaning in front of a camera. But the Irish women's basketball team is scheduled tomorrow to play Israel in Riga, Latvia. And a lot of the players, as far as I can tell, the players and a lot of the people in the Republic of Ireland do not wish for their basketball team to play the Israeli team. But FIBA... FIBA Europe said that uh, the Irish team would be fined 80,000 euros if they don't play on Thursday. They'll get fined another 100,000 euros if they don't fulfill the return game next November. Basketball Ireland CEO John Fian said, Money's everything to an organization like Basketball Ireland, but the really big issue for us is we'd be effectively getting rid of a generation of players. We'd be out of international competition for the next five years, effectively. Not only would would we be out of international competition for the next five years, but it would probably take us another five years to get back to where we are now. So in real terms, we'd lose a generation of players. We'd also lose role models for our kids as they go through the process of learning to play basketball. There'd be nowhere to go. And then he said, what's happening in Gaza is dreadful. We all acknowledge that. The issue is whether this is going to make a difference to the Israeli government, and quite frankly, we don't believe this would make a blind bit of difference. What it'll do is destroy our women's international game for the next 10 years. But you see, I, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with him to an extent. But I do agree with him that it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference to the Israeli government because nothing does. 
because the fascists in government, whether it be Bibi Netanyahu or what's his fuck Ben Gavir or Beelzebub Smotrich or the other other nasty little neo Nazis, they're in a blood frenzy, and all they want to do is kill. Um, there is an uh, there is an organization in Ireland, Irish Sport for Palestine. Said that playing against Israel tomorrow would be ruinous for basketball Ireland's reputation. John Fian claims boycotting the game against Israel would be ruinous for basketball Ireland. Well, Irish Sport for Palestine says not in our name and that playing with Israel will forever be ruinous for his and Basketball Ireland's reputation. Israeli basketball coach Sharon Drucker says sports symbolizes something and the Irish didn't respect that. Irish Sport for Palestine reiterates that Basketball Ireland cannot look the other way and be complicit in the grotesque sport washing of Israeli genocide. They must commit to boycotting the Israeli match now. And five members of the Ireland squad have said, Nope, we're not playing. Just not gonna. And of course the fact that Israel plays in the European Basketball Federation. Um, okay. Ireland also wouldn't be able to play in FIBA Women's Eurobasket 2025. Horrible. So maybe the five players will be sufficient to Mark the refusal. Oh, and a little bit of food non-porn. <laughs> I mean, this stuff actually matters. Uh, there are grocery stores all over the country. Uh, El Super, Cardenas Market, Northgate Gonzalez, Superior Groceries, El Rancho, Vallarta, uh, Michoacana, Numero Uno Market. Most of these are Spanish, uh, the Hispanic markets, but by the same token, the chain in Virginia and uh, Tennessee, uh, Food City, uh, is also included. It turns out that Rio Lopez Foods of Modesto, California, can't make cheese. Now, this is a great big corporation. Can't make cheese without being, without it being contaminated by listeria. The brand names of these uh, products are, go under 365 Whole Foods Market. Don Francisco and Tio Francisco and include cheese, crema, yogurt, and sour cream. They were distributed nationwide and they're possibly contaminated with listeria, which will make you sick, 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 sick. 
Those other grocers I mentioned, uh, they they sell the products at the deli counter. The FDA and the CDC have been investigating back in uh, back in January of this year. The Hawaii State Department of Health noted that it found a sample of Rizzo Brothers aged cotilla that was positive positive for listeria uh, listeria monocytogenes. They've also had outbreaks in 2021 and 2017. They've got cases that go back to 2014. Oh, Brother Deacon, what? Ha! I had one of the Rio Lopez Cotilla cheese packs two days ago. Oh, was that with the uh, adobo chicken tacos? Well, hopefully you got the good package, Brother Deacon. Uh, The outbreak, as of Tuesday, has made 26 people sick has killed two people, hospitalized 23 in Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, North Carolina, Oregon, Tennessee, Texas, and Washington. I want to check and see if there's another one of those in your fridge, Brother Deacon, and maybe not eat it. Uh, Rizzo Lopez Foods is temporarily ceased production until they find out how they managed to poison their own cheese. Listeria is apparently all over the place. Bright Farm spinach has been recalled, spinach and salad kits, Blue Ridge beef pet foods. Um... If you've got any of the, don't eat it. And 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 the FDA says, don't eat it. Check your fridge to see if you've got any of it. If you do, throw it away. If it's frozen without the original packaging and you can't tell if it's part of the recall, throw that away too. Carefully clean and sanitize any surfaces the recalled products may have touched as listeria can survive in refrigerators and spread to other foods and surfaces. And uh, listeria kills about 260 people a year. Uh, Pregnant women are most at risk. Newborns are most at risk. Adults over 65 and people with weakened immune systems. Don't be a statistic. Well, dang. Those uh, two hours went away in a hurry. Yeah, I'm glad I... uh, did get back in time to at least do a partial program. Thanks, everybody. Oh, wait a minute. This looks intensely stupid. Give me a sack. 
Uh, I'll save that stupidity for tomorrow. I'll worry about it tomorrow. Again, thanks everybody. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Uh, for tomorrow's program, we'll be at 8.50. So, we'll deal with that when Thorn in the Side Thursday comes around. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thanks, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. Remember, a podcast loves nothing more than a review. So if you could take a couple of minutes and say, I love this show or something like that, uh, on any podcast platform you use, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Podcast Republic or um, iHeartRadio or Spotify or 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 or, um, it really does help. It really really does. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your flu shot. Get your pneumonia shot if you are of a certain age. And for God's sakes, if you're around maggots, please wear your mask. I wore mine today. I wear it anytime I'm, well, in crowds of five or more. You know how the maggots can be. Out there relying on their aardvark antifungal and their onions in their socks and their pint jars of pee-pee in their fridge to protect them against the... Uh, Fake disease, the, 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 China. the China virus, the fake disease. Yeah. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if uh, Reichsführer Müller comes towards you, uh, barking and grunting about I'll have them all arrested. Avoid him like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Lighter.